fucking see you. Yep. <laughs> you think I was going to forget the dance? <laughs> I don't recognize you with the bangs. Well, I've had them for like four months now. So <laughs> Not in front of a microphone. That's true. Yeah. We haven't recorded in quite some time. Where have you been? I've been down here waiting <laughs> for eight months. Has it been that long? June. Yeah. Yep. Since June. <laughs> I've been waiting. Well, you must have a lot of uh, stuff to say. Ready to go. No. Oh, oh so what have you been doing? <laughs> waiting. <laughs> waiting. Okay. Our, our uh, friends from California came and visited us. Mm-hmm. And I, I just stayed in the basement because I was waiting. <laughs> That's right. We were supposed to record when they were here. That never happened. Guys? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Are we calling this season three? I, I guess. I mean, I guess that makes sense. There's been so much time in between. We're just yeah. going to rock with season three? I think so. Okay. Give you something light. Yeah. We'll ease back in. If you need a reminder. First of all, thanks for still subscribing and not unsubscribing to the show obviously this popped up in your news feed or your podcast feed if you uh if you peeped at your phone and you're like oh fuck while she's napping yeah (laughs) what that still exists well i shouldn't say neither are our children nap the the original child that napped (laughs) no longer naps correct except at school unless she's sick or at school um our youngest does nap. Took a fucking champion nap today. Mm-hmm. Two-hour nap. Uh, yeah. So if you need a reminder, this is while she's napping, I am Adam. And I'm Cindy. Yeah, see? Flows off the tongue. Yeah. I just don't want this to be, you know, when you make a podcast during a pandemic, when you decide to make a podcast during it, have the foresight to say, what happens when the pandemic ends? And real life comes back. You know, whatever. Yeah. It, it's weird because I did, I was podcasting on a regular basis prior to the pandemic. Right. So the aspect of not being able to do this during or after a pandemic wasn't on my radar. It wasn't even a consideration. It was like, of course. Yeah, but that didn't include me. Two children. So, right. But even <laughs> if it was just your podcast right now, I would be available to watch the children while you were podcasting. So... The fact that it takes both of us to be here and have our full attention is yeah. the reason why it's so difficult. Well, let's make it work. Yeah. Um, we're going to start it off light. We're going to try to do this on a semi-regular basis, I think, is the assumption here. I mean, we had, if you r- recall the list, even if you made it at all, we made a list of topics. Yeah, potential okay. topics. Yeah. So we have stuff in the pipeline yep. that we would like to talk about. Um. Okay, so spoiler alert. I don't want to. Yeah. No. Okay. So, uh, well, okay. On my end, we'll do a spoiler alert. When it comes to, it's really hard to say that fast. Spoiler <laughs> alert. When it comes to my free, favorite albums, I said my favorite artist is Porcupine Tree. Mm hmm. Uh, Tool was a band. Sorry, my favorite band is Porcupine Tree. Tool is a band. That I was obsessed with for some time. Yes. 
Our Lady Peace was a band I was obsessed with for some time when I was younger in my ute. <laughs> um, none of those bands are in my favorite albums. None of them. Mm-hmm. My favorite albums have not been produced by any of them. So your favorite albums are not by any of your favorite artists? The Am way, I interpreting that correctly? Yes. The way okay. I critiqued my favorite albums are which ones... I feel like when you have a favorite artist, it's like, of course that's going to be one of your favorite albums. Like, sure. it, it, the The favoritism towards that artist or band is going to precede the album quality yes so you're going to always hold that to a higher standard what makes the albums that i have picked out i guess highlighted for me Mm -hmm. is they immediately gripped me and made me feel more than what my favorite artists have produced okay so in that regard i i know there are when we talk about our favorite albums, a lot of people are going to be screaming from the rooftop, oh, Dark Side of the Moon, oh, Led Zeppelin 4, oh, mm-hmm. you know, the, cla- the wall. Like, they're going to scream the classics, and yeah. I am not disrespecting them or disregarding them. They have their place in music history, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about the ones that have impacted us personally. Yes, I'm glad you said that, because if you need to make that caveat... I really need to make that caveat because I think we've talked about, um, maybe it was when we recorded about the favorite musical artists, but we've talked about our differences in taste in music. Mm -hmm. And I think it can be summed up by saying like, you have taste in music and I don't really have taste in music, (laughs) generally speaking. Like Mm. I am not, um, like even just the way you described how you curated your list of favorite albums is like so far and above <laughs> like my process Whoa. i don't really have a process i feel like um you know and i also think you have a musical background you know you were in yes. a band for many years you're a singer like you have some I'm no longer a singer okay you you uh, yes you are but okay i, I sing lullabies to our, tri- our children <laughs> but i'm saying you know music you know the structure of music you know what goes into writing a melody yes, you do. know what goes into songwriting like and producing an mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. you have all of that sort of technical knowledge I do not. So I am literally going off of like what makes me feel something, what makes me want to dance, what gets stuck in my head. Like nothing wrong with that. Those are the sort of I'm just I'm just saying like just to set this up like there's a really distinct difference between how I characterize something that, you know, will rise to the level of being my favorite versus yours. I disagree because I think your favorite album you have personally connected with. Yes, but not because of the technicality of the of the music or the production or anything like that. It's simply because and well that those my might... favorite album is the same way okay. as it, what you're describing. Okay, it's going cool. to be very surprising when I say my favorite album of all time. Okay, I, spoiler alert: I have to space out those words because they're really. <laughs> it is not at all technically prestigious. Yeah. No, I think that's. Really cool. I, I wasn't talking specifically about our favorite albums. In, in, I was talking about like our pr- approach to music in general sure, is very yes, different. Yes, so that will kind yes. of explain some of the, I think, the different um, tastes that come out of the albums that we talk about. And yes, I was going to make the same caveat about like, I am in no way like, um, wh- I don't know, whatever the equivalent of like a foodie would be for music. 
<laughs> no. I don't know if there's a word for that, but you but know what I mean? your favorite album shouldn't have to be that way. I know, but I'm talking, well, you're talking about like all the classics. I'm sure there are absolutely fantastic albums sure. out there that I have never even listened to front to back. Like you're talking about some of those classics and those, you know, um, legendary musicians who have sure. produced amazing albums. And I've probably never even heard them. Like I'm familiar with them. I probably know the, the singles or the popular songs. I know what I'm saying. It is very rare and this is also a little bit of a spoiler alert, but for me, throughout my life, I have not really sat down and put a pair of headphones on and done nothing but listen to an album from front to back. See, that is what makes an album special. Yes. Is when that you, can, you do that. can do that. It's not a fucking playlist. It's not yep. a single. When you can throw on... That's why these albums that I have outlined, it was... Oh, this per this band or whatever. Well, they're all bands. So this band released a new album. Let me hear how it is. And I hit play, and I don't want to stop. Yeah, right. And and yeah, that's I only, very rare. I only recently had that experience. I don't do playlists. Right. Only the ones I make. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, but I don't do singles. Um, I need to. I'm I'm a very obsessive person, so no. if if something <laughs> doesn't grip me from the start in terms of, especially when it comes to music, mm-hmm. I can't um, commit to it. Right. Um, okay. Okay. Well, I think so, that was a really good setup. So let's talk about <laughs> your. We're gonna do top three each. Okay. Do you have any honorable mentions? Y- yes. I mean, I put it as like a tie for third place. Okay, so but you can, have one honorable mention. We'll, yes. We'll call it. Okay, you don't have to go into detail about what I would like to do, at least for our favorite, if you want to expound more on... Um, yes, I could talk about number ones. one for a long time. We can talk about each track if you want. Oh, God. It, it, God. Like, just uh, how it connects to you. Well, that's a lot. I don't have that much content. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> that would take you, a really long time. You just come off the... Oh, wait, you mean just for the number one album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So we're going to mention the other ones. Yeah, we're going to talk about them in, in... Quickly. And then you're we saying that... We can, we can spend a little bit of time on Top them. album. We can go into more details about the tracks. Sure. Got it. Okay. I thought you were saying we we're going to go through the tracks for all of our no, top no, three. No, 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 okay. no. Okay. <laughs> We'd no, be no, here for a long time. time. All right. So, all right. So I'm starting with my... You're going to start with your honorable... Three, honorable just we'll call it four. Okay. Of 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 the tie, which one you would be like, eh, this one has the edge, so that's number three. They're so close. Okay. Um all right. I guess I'll put my honorable mention as I had these in the opposite order, but I'm gonna switch it right now. Game time. Um <laughs> You're committing. This is in audio. All right, honorable mention. How many times have I said to you it's in audio? Yeah. This is what you meant. So this is gonna stay with you. I know. Forever. All right. Well, You're going to let Hanson down. I think it's... I, <laughs> is it yeah, how did you know that that's oh. what I was about to do? <laughs> Zach is not happy. Oh, yeah. I was just about to switch by three and four, which would put Hanson at number four. All right. Um, okay. But really, these two were, were tied in my mind. Is it snowed in? Uh, I, okay. No, that's in my notes. But it, no, it's middle of nowhere. It's like their debut album. Yeah, because you can't have a Christmas album as your favorite album. No, no, no. But I did say... So my notes literally say... I also like their String Theory album and Snowed In. But the String Theory album makes sense because it's, I I assume it's an alternate of songs with strings. It's a mix. So it's some of their original music um, 
reproduced with with, uh, with a string orchestra, yeah. which I love that, you know, new interpretation of old songs. Um, and then there are some original songs on that album. So too. we'll call this number five. Okay, that's not fair. Okay, okay. your number four favorite album is Middle, Middle of, Nowhere of Nowhere by Hanson. And that has Mbop Paper Top. Yes. <laughs> and Mbop Paper Top. Mostly, um, I mean, I can admit that that is not like, you know, technically amazing, like well-produced, you know, musical. You are, th- you are turning 35. There are... 34 35 36 37 year old women out there that are like i fucking i get it yeah no totally everybody from yes i mean you go to a hansen show and i'm i'm you know the house of blues is packed with people like me who get it who, who know what we're talking about yeah, yeah. so um don't they have a cruise it's mainly huh don't they have a cruise they have like a it's called back to the island it's it's not a cruise but it's like it, it i hansen don't remember the name of the island fest? i got you. it's yeah. it's a trip. hansen fuck fest yeah okay wow it's a vacation you or go hansen prayer fest no, I don't think it is. I've never been. I don't get that vibe. But anyway, uh, it's on my bucket list. So um, thing that pulls me into that is mm. admittedly mostly nostalgia. I mean, of course. obviously that came out when I was a young, like I was a 12 or 13 year old kid. Yeah. Uh, maybe even a little younger than that. I don't even know what when it came out. But, um, you know, it's just catchy, fun, poppy music. Yeah. And it, it's what I grew up with. I like many women my age, I was obsessed with Hanson when they came out and they were at their peak. Um, and I will give credit, though, that they've continued to produce music all this time. They're still active now, producing new music, going on tour, um, trying to do creative things like they did with String Theory. Hmm. And I do think that they're pretty talented musicians. Their shows are really fun. Um, so, yeah, that album just always will hold a special place in my heart. All right. Um, so that's just the quick gloss over for the that's honorable the gloss over. Yeah, I'm not going right. to go into detail on the on the tracks, but um, the one that I switched it with that you might be surprised I had at number four was. Um, so this call. is officially number three. This yes. is the bronze medal. Yes. All right. <laughs> and it's <laughs> I actually couldn't even decide between the two albums. The so Space Jam soundtrack. Th- yes, you got it. No. Uh, so uh, anyone who knows me from like high school <laughs> um or, or any time in my teenage years knows that i was absolutely completely obsessed with a band called the calling mm-hmm. and the lead singer alex band was like my main crush even more than zach hansen sorry zach but i was absolutely obsessed with the calling um throughout my high school years well this is in our previous episode yes i'm sure i mentioned it on yes. the musical artist episode so um their original they're like uh, debut album whatever was uh, called Camino Palmero and that's the one that has their uh, one hit wonder pretty much which was Wherever You Will Go Elevator Music uh, which well I walked down the aisle to a cover of that at our wedding which the cover, cover was beautiful well because it was like acoustic the cover art. was beautiful <laughs> okay the original <laughs> is beautiful too but it's like a radio bop it's not like something you'd it walk is down elevator music Okay, I disagree, but okay. Um, it is waiting room at the doctor's music. Okay, most now people only know it when because they heard it on the radio. It's that and um, what's that Lifehouse song? Hanging by a moment. Yes, I'm singing it in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hanging by a moment. Hanging by a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Lifehouse and the Calling are very, very similar. I'm they even saying, shared bandmates. I think a couple of their bandmates were brothers. It's yeah. they're both elevator slash waiting room tunes. Okay. Those hits. Now. Sure. It's yeah. like it's like um Clocks by Coldplay. Yes. It's yes, I agree. I understand. So I'm saying they never gained I mean they were very popular um internationally they still are in like 
Brazil and stuff. Like they have yeah. really robust um, when he's fan bases. Shows, yeah. yeah, and they recently tried to tour. They tried to tour in 2020 and we had tickets and then obviously the pandemic happened and then they tried to reschedule it last year and I was super excited about it. That also got canceled. Um, they said they're going to reschedule it for this year, but we'll see what happens. But um, I have seen them in concert a few times. I've gotten to meet them a couple of times because again, I was absolutely obsessed. <laughs> um, no shame. That's, that's another... Um, situation where i don't think the album is you know like top-notch production it's not top-notch yeah. songwriting it's not any of that it's mostly you know i was 13 years old and there was a little bit of angstiness in it but it wasn't like so over the top that i wasn't allowed to buy the album <laughs> it was like just mm. enough and it was catchy poppy i was in love with the lead singer that was pretty much sure. all you needed you know yeah i remember um when we were gearing up to go to see them in Boston. Uh, we had purchased tickets. Um, it wasn't at some winery. Yeah. All right. Um, and I said to you, I actually didn't even tell you because you were worried I was just going to make fun of it, but I wanted to go mm-hmm. and say, I want to be prepared and I want to make the best of it. Yep. So I'm going, I'm going to listen yes. to both albums. I remember going to the gym <laughs> And fucking deadlifting and squatting to the calling and like hiding my phone. So like people Nobody wouldn't would see the album cover. But like who lifts to this? It was very difficult to lift to that. Yeah. Um, well, it's also it's it's old. Like it's 20 plus. I think last year was the 20th anniversary, which is why they were touring. Well, I, I you talked about the 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 technicality and the production value. It is you can tell with the first album that uh was it Camino Palmero? Camino Palmero. Camino. Yep. It is so lead singer driven. Mm-hmm. The the producer made it so right, and it they sort of prioritize him in the mix and want to make him the forefront of right. the album and anything behind it. Like the drummer and the basses could be anybody. Right. I just hit the well, microphone, and it they could, were. They rotated. That's a what lot. I'm saying. They could be anybody. Yeah. There's nothing particular about them that you're like, oh, that's a really cool drum fill or something. Right. It could have been anybody. They're, right. There's they're studio musicians in sure. my mind, with the exception of the the lead guitarist. And I'm listening to the album and I'm saying he's really trying to be important. And for all intents and purposes, he probably wrote all of this. And he was the one who stuck around the longest. And the, the pro- two of them, the producers, are like, you don't understand fucking curly haired motherfucker it's yeah. not about you <laughs> it's, Aaron. it's yeah. about <laughs> it's about the the attractive person yeah that's singing the tunes yeah so fucking go in the back yeah. in the shadows <laughs> like it, it's yeah. a shame because you could tell he had some talent at least yeah. back then he had talent he did and it, it was his um solos were just cut short yeah there was no um oomph to it i know what you mean you know yeah um, well, not until the, al- the second album, which yeah. he wasn't part of, you're telling me? I think he was the only remaining band member. It was so much better. I remember listening to that album. And I, I don't, is this? And I, I just had it there sort of as another honorable mention. Like, okay. I like, for nostalgia reasons, it would be Camino Palmero, But for the reasons that you're about to describe, it would be two. It the is second album. mixed so much better. Yes. The tunes are far more mature. Yeah. Objectively. Their second album, which is called Two, is a better album, like from all, you know, all aspects. But 
nostalgia wise in terms of like the impact that it had on me growing up their first album was what brought me in so mm. yeah okay all right number two all right so my next one so number two is jewel yeah pieces of you which i think was also her first album so this is the one with her face yes and it's like white and blue and she looks really young she was really young okay yeah okay so yeah those were like her three big hit singles that all came off of this album this was i think also her peak this was before she transitioned and went pop that i i loved jewel growing up i loved this album she lost me when she went pop i forget what that album was called uh um, i had intuition intuition on. that was the name of the album oh, right. and the song yeah she lost me there um but yeah i i, I went back and listened to this album um and i'm like damn this is really mature for mm. <laughs> when i was listening to this and i think part of the reason why i loved it so much i think there were a few reasons i think i mean her voice is obviously just super unique and like draws you in um her vibrato is beautiful her storytelling is beautiful um and i was learning to play guitar when I got into her out al- this album and I learned yeah, to play so a lot of those songs so it was influential yeah. it was someone that kind of emulated the style of music that if I had kept up with it I think I would have geared towards you know mm. in terms of like what types of songs I want to learn a guitar and everything um but yeah listening to it now I'm like damn that's really dark like there's some songs where she talks about like and I don't know how much of this is based in her life or if she's telling just telling a story that's mm. fictional or about someone else but she has a song called daddy where there's a lyric about her dad sneaking out of the house in his white hood. Oh, so he's KKK? Yeah. Oh. I'm like, where is she from? I, I thought she was from California. I'm not sure where she's from. I or don't know. she moved there. Um, wasn't she super, like, dirt poor? I think so. And, like, taking baths and stuff in public bathrooms to just get by? I don't know to that extent. I do know that she came from Little Means, but I don't know that specific I, I think this is... I could be wrong. Um, I don't like to promote it because he's gone so far off the deep end, but you'd be, you'd benefit because this is, I'd say slightly before, before he moved to Texas, I think you would benefit from listening to the Joe Rogan Jewel interview. It's good. I feel like I probably did. Oh, it's it was good. a long time ago. It's good. She talks about how she came to be and like the steps she took Yeah, and how she used to play at a coffee shop and it was 10 people. And yeah. then networking, networking, passing mm-hmm. out flyers because this is before the internet. Right. 20 people. And then going up to single guys because she's like, because I'm hot. And I say, oh, come watch me at a coffee shop. And it it ended up being at that same coffee shop when she played. People would listen and it would be so packed that the door would stay open with <laughs> bodies out the door. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go back and listen to that. I feel like I have, but it's been a very long time. Um, it's one of the good Joe Rogan interviews. Yeah, that it back doesn't in the day. count as questionable. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think um, the other thing that's about this, the other thing about this album that I think is very unique that I never noticed until I re-listened to it recently um, is that several of the tracks, including the title track, are live recordings. From? On the primary, I don't know. But you hear the audience clapping. It's like obviously live. It's is not it like a later studio. in the album? No, it's like the main tracks of the album are live recordings. Not the singles. No, there. I don't. I know pieces of you, which is the title track. Yeah, wasn't yeah a but single. not like foolish games. No, no, no. Or, those aren't. Right, yeah. um, but there are several other songs on the album that are not studio recordings, and I, I just think that's unique. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
Um, okay, so yeah, I think that's that kind of sums it up. Um, one thing that I noticed was that the storytelling aspect, I think, is something that stuck with me and explains a lot of my um, venture into country music for a while. I've kind of, yeah. you know, dipped back out of that in the last few years, but there was a time where I was listening to like pretty much only country and by country, I mean like modern country, not Pop like real country. country. Yeah. yeah. Um, although I do have an appreciation for like old school, real country. I was mostly into, you know, pop country, current. I sound on the radio anymore. Um, huh? Real country is right. not on the radio. I, yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, but the storytelling thing, I think is a common thread for me. Okay. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Which leads into my number one, but I think you should do your other ones and then we should do the second half. We should both talk about our number ones. Okay. Um, all right. Let, let's <laughs> let's break here and I'll okay. do my three and two and then we'll both talk wrap up about with number, number ones. One. Sounds good. All right. Hang tight. I have a list of honorable mentions. Okay, so you're just going to mention them? I'll just mention them in passing. I'd like to stick on them because... So my number one is my number one. Yeah. The moment I heard it, I'm surprised you don't know what it is. Okay, we're going to get to that. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it, that is grounded, but two and three, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, fuck. I was concerned of having too much of the same artist. I mean, it doesn't matter. Because that. But none <laughs> you of them. I think my number one has one particular. I mean. It's weird that none <laughs> of them are my favorite. Okay. So, like, I'm, I'm sort of forcing an honorable mention because it has been impactful to me. Gotcha. So, um,. Start like baseline, like Our Lady Peace Spiritual Machines. Yeah, was a hugely influential album to me. So when this I, is number four. I, I would say this is number five. Oh God, okay. I, I'd call. This Why don't we just five. do you have number one and then the rest are honorable mentions? No, no, no. no. Okay, <laughs> because it is tiered. Okay. So number five, I would say was is Our Lady Peace Spiritual Machines. It's not great, mm-hmm. but it is the last. If you're an Our Lady Peace fan. It is the last Our Lady Peace album of them in their purest form. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, until they went pop, until they went commercial. Sure. Um, that album was so influential to me when I was in high school. Yeah. You introduced me to that album. Such a good album. It is. It is so good. It's a concept album from Ray Kurzweil's um, Age of Spiritual Machines, which he pr- makes predictions about how technology is going to yep. basically take over. Our, and a lot of his Like Black Mirror style? Yeah, a lot of his predictions came to be. Sure. Um, not Noshadama style, but he was, you know, 
saying like, look, if this is where we're at now and where we're headed, probably yeah. in 2027, this is where we're going to be. Um, so it it's not an easy listen. If you've never listened to Our Lady Peace before, it, his voice is very annoying. But if you can sink into it, especially if you were a 90s kid, if you can just sink into it and wrap yourself in that 90s nostalgia, mm-hmm. you'd probably be able to appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah. So I just, again, it is a technically savvy album for that time. And for a band like that, an alternative rock band, it is good yep. in terms of the instrumentation. Um, it's just, to me, it... it it's special. Yeah. Uh, four, I would say Lateralis by Tool. I thought you said Tool wasn't on the list. In the top three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very influential. If you haven't talked to me since my senior year <laughs> of high school, you'll be surprised with the three albums that I say are my favorite. But when I say Lateralis was a hugely influential and, and definitely on the periphery of the top three, you'll say, well, of course, fucking Adam, you're an asshole. And like, you know, you, you, <laughs> wanted, you wanted to talk about weird <laughs> shit during parties and then I wanted to leave. Like, and you're that, a philosophy major. Yeah. That, so, <laughs> you know, I get that. And I try to stay away from that now, you know, learning from that. But I still am very much um, impacted by how that album i don't want to say molded me but it did have a huge impact on me and in my confidence and my um uh discovery of myself Mm -hmm. um if i didn't have that album i don't know that you know for better or for worse i don't know that i would think the way i do i don't know that i would um i don't know listen to music the way i do Mm mm-hmm um, Tool was always the standard, and I said I think I mentioned this in our favorite artist um, episode that they were the standard, they were the barometer, and still to this day, Lateralis is one of those albums where, although not my favorite, it's definitely if you said to me what is the quote unquote best album you ever heard, right? So there's a difference between best and favorite. Yeah. yeah. I'd say this is definitely one of the best albums I've ever heard. Front yeah. to back, there it, it flows perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's produced perfectly. the The structure and the the um the way the the tracks are lined up are f- seamless. Yeah, it's like this was this was how it was written. Yeah, that's a good um, distinction. Best you know, versus favorite. I I hold number three in a very very special place in my heart because it was v- a, a time in which. I was very, very vulnerable um, and really down. Besides the death of my brother and my dad, this is probably the worst you've ever seen me. Okay. And um, this album in particular really was one of the things I'm like, this is listening to this while I'm working here is Mm. the only thing that's keeping me going. It's the only thing that's like allowing me to hold on so if you're into progressive jazz but easy to listen to the reign of kindu's rhythm chord and melody when it was released it's a band of people that were purely independent and made it with this album just from spotify from at the time i think it was like radio fm or whatever the fuck it was yeah 
It is sonically so good. So good. So fucking good. And if you, I know the tendency is to listen to albums and sort of crank the volume. But if you can just turn it down a little bit, you'll hear all the intricacies from all the instrumentation from, there's like eight members of the band. Everything just like, if you just pay attention and just sit, the the remaining three albums I'm going to talk about, just sit on them. Let them, you have to absorb them. You have to give yourself about an hour to just like really sink into it and focus on it. Yeah, I'm bad at that. If you just (laughs) listen to everything that's going on it might take a couple listens yeah it's so appreciative and if you listen to the song um hear that music play this song in particular really made me hold on is it it's 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 about how he doesn't know how he can find any joy in anything else and he sinks into like dark times but then he hears music and he's like, okay, I'm I'm back. And when he says, if only I can silence all this noise, that noise note mm. chills me yeah. every time. Every time I hear that, I'm just like, I just want to weep. I just yeah. want to weep <laughs> when I hear you sing that. And that album, it the storytelling in it, there's a the track two is um breathe again and he talks about how and he doesn't have kids this is a story it's a made-up story okay about how oh, it's christmas yeah. day <laughs> and someone breaks into his house and steals all his kids presents and he goes out and fucking kills them and brings the gifts back and yeah. the kids are like fuck yeah we got our gifts back and he's like <laughs> i can breathe again because that motherfucker's dead I didn't know that that was a fictional story. I thought he... Well, okay, hold oh, on. Oh, no, he confessed. No, sorry. <laughs> I know that it was a fictional story. Still I didn't, on tour. I, I didn't know that he didn't have kids. I didn't no, know he, that that was no. like... It's sorry. That, <laughs> I know that he didn't really murder someone over yeah. Christmas gifts. I thought he really had kids, and that's why he was able to feel that sort of like how you would feel if someone wronged your kids. Like, oh, yeah. It is a very guttural, primal. And I know that's sort of like a materialistic, trivial example of someone stealing your kids' Christmas gifts. Like, there are many worse things. But, yeah, I thought he did have kids. No. That just speaks to the um, how well he told that story and how well he invoked that emotion because he convinced me. I thought he was a parent. Um, and the final song is the song called Hold Out. And it's got this guitar solo. It's very Kill Bill. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just gripping. This album in particular is just gorgeous. It sounds so good. Sonically, it is perfect. Structurally, it is impressive. And lyrically, it is relatable. Um, so I love, love, love that, that album very much. Yep. Um, highly recommend anybody listening that likes when i say alternative jet it's still an easy listen but i mean i for what it's worth i really like it i've never sat down and done what you're describing but whenever you play it i enjoy it yeah it's it's good music to listen to anytime we have people over for dinner or something i'll play it yeah in the background and it's 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 dinner music it sounds like but when you say okay i want to sit with this Mm -hmm. and hear it it is it is so so good um, so number two, the reason why this is not number one, this has been number one forever until number one came out. Okay. It is the perfect album. 
It is perfect sonically, structurally, musically, lyrically, vocally. It is perfect. Can I, I don't mean to ruin your momentum here, but are, are number one and two the same artists? No. Okay. Tesseract's Altered State is perfect. It is perfect. I challenge anybody listening to this right now to, to pause this podcast, go on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you get your music, listen to Altered State, and I challenge you to find a singer that can do it as flawlessly mm. as he could. It is perfect. It, when I first heard that album, I felt like I found the holy grail of music. Wow. It is angelic. And when is this album from? 2013. Okay. Or 12 or 13. So it's been around for a while. You need to be into Prague. Because if yeah. you're not into Prague yeah. or Gent, you will listen to it. There's no screaming. So it's, it's easy on the ears. But mm-hmm. when you hear it, you're like... Where is this going? It's, it, there's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> but when you just sit and sink into the vocal melodies... You'll, it, it is gorgeous. It is so. That's the way I describe this. His voice is. It's gorgeous. It is perfect. It's just perfect. It's everything. There's not a bad song mm-hmm. on this album. It is perfect. And I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how else to describe it other than <laughs> perfection. And it's weird because it's not my number one. And you would think. The perfect album should be your number one. No, but it, I feel like I know what your number one is. It is now. sunk in me for so long at number one until I heard this album. And the reason why this isn't my number one album is because this Tesseract's Altered State has never made me cry. It just okay. never has made me cry. I know what your number one is now. <laughs> so go ahead. You go with no, your No, no, no. I one. think you should. You have momentum. Go. My number one favorite album of all time. All time. It's a combination of the subject matter of every single song. It is a 45-minute album. It is so fucking easy to listen to. <laughs> so easy to listen to is Birds of Tokyo, yep. Human Design. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I have not listened to an album front to back so easily and so seamlessly. And the thing is, I never was a Birds of Tokyo fan. Like I was so the the lead singer of Birds of Tokyo is the same lead singer of Carnival. Carnival mm-hmm. is a, a ridiculously complicated progressive rock band. But even I like them. But they're they're good. poppy they're enough. They're so good. And I found out about Birds of Tokyo because I right. was into Carnival. And Carnival is very much like Tool. So if you don't like Tool, you're not going to like Carnival. I would argue Carnival is poppier than Tool. It's easier to listen yes. to than Tool. Yes. Um. And I discovered Birds of Tokyo and I discovered their self-titled album. I think it was their third album. And it had circles on it. It had plans on it. And I'm like, oh, this is a really good album to listen to just to like do shit, to clean the house or to cool down during a workout. Yeah, it's just, background. It's just it's mm-hmm. easy to listen to. And I, I, did, I never really found them to be ridiculously talented. Not that they're not. It just, it never captured me. Sure. It's just, oh, this is good to listen to. Until I heard this album. And, and the thing about Ian Kenny is his song lyrics up until this point have always been so vague. 
until this album. Yeah. It's and this very album is very much about his divorce, mm-hmm. his life. Every he talks about how he was he had to not record this because he didn't know he had to stop recording rather because he didn't he was so fearful of being so raw and honest in his yeah. lyrics and his just pouring his heart out in this album. It's very descriptive. Everything is out there. And it was like you wrote about my life sort of like I've never been divorced. Hmm. Yeah, I've never been, I've never been divorced. <laughs> Something but like, about that resonated with you. <laughs> but I know what it's like to have a girlfriend that's unfaithful. And yeah, I'm just everybody's like, experienced some type of heartbreak. And that, it's just yeah. like, oh, this song really mm-hmm. digs into that, captures that. And you're you weren't that girlfriend. Just for I know. Yes. Yeah. Like full, full disclosure. That wasn't me. none of this is about you. <laughs> but like, even from track one, like the greatest mistakes is talking about how. Yeah, I've done stupid shit in my past, but it's made me who I am, and I don't regret them. That's why they're the greatest mistakes. Mm-hmm. They're the best thing that I've done, like the stupid shit that I've done in my youth when I was a kid. Like, would I do that now? No, but I look back on those memories fondly. Yeah. It's this weird, weird relationship between looking back on things that are embarrassing and liking looking back on those embarrassing things to be like... You could always just say, yeah, when I was a kid. It's part of It's part, part of, of growing up. Yeah. You know, that song brings that all in. I'm just like, I had a great fucking life. I had, I had a good, good, good life with my friends. And then the two of us, it, I'm going to get emotional. It just mm. reminds me of us so much. <laughs> so, so much. When I hear that song, I'm just like, that is my marriage. That mm-hmm. is my marriage, listening to that song. So he says that he wanted to close the album with the two of us. Mm. But it just didn't sound. It didn't okay. fit. Story-wise, it fit better there. But sound-wise, yeah. it didn't. Okay. Um, and I, I, if you see the music video, which, which is weird, is Good Lord came out first, and he's sitting at a chair, and he's singing this song. And uh, invisibly, he's getting his face fucking caved in mm-hmm. and just destroyed. He's battered and bloodied and bruised yep and then the two of us came out after that and he has bandages all over it's his like face. he came right out of the other music video and he takes yeah. off his bandages and he's yeah. like he's cured mm-hmm. and that just, video is so random though it, <laughs> but he's hilarious. coming out of the hospital he's like nothing That's matters the, yeah. i'm so happy everything's good it's so funny though because when i went to like the when i was first watching that video i was expecting some like beautiful romantic you know like some kind of music video about love Mm. and a couple and it's like just this random ass like he's just on a um just a moving platform like a moving platform and he's just it's just a straight shot of him the whole time it's like a continuous continuous shot and it's also random people in like costumes and like just dancing like they're dancing to the another song like yeah, yeah it's yes, so random yes. but it but the whole message is what it's you're saying about the bandages it's coming off and the whatever the like nothing song. matters like just yeah. dance however you right. want dress it's everything's fine now yeah um and then dive is about like uplifting his friends when they're down mm. um and just like just remember i would do anything for you i would do anything for you and there are very few people in my life that, and I vocalized this to them, that I said, I remember I told my best friend, I would say, there is 
nothing I wouldn't do for you. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I would do anything for you. Literally. And that fucking mind boggles me because there's not much. There's not many people I would do that for. Right. That aren't my family. Mm-hmm. And I would do anything for you. Well, it's a chosen family. I guess we can't talk about the song without revealing some things. But Addison. It's about divorcing his wife. <laughs> but I listen, I have my twist on that mm-hmm. because I listen to that song and I picture myself. <laughs> Do you want me to say it for you? Dancing with yeah. our daughter at her wedding. And it's just me being like, don't leave me. And I think fathers, when they have that moment dancing with their child it's i'm proud of you for finding someone else that's going to take care of you but don't leave me don't leave me because i'm your dad you're gonna make me cry (laughs) and then it's a beautiful song yeah my darling my son so obviously the death of my dad was very fresh Mm -hmm. and 2020 at the height of the pandemic this i album i heard in march i remember because i was listening to it when we were eating 90s donuts from pbd which come out in march right (laughs) so i was listening to this album while you and our our oldest child were playing outside Mm -hmm. and i remember looking out the slider door and looking at you guys playing while i'm stuffing my fucking fat ass (laughs) with donuts listening to this album and hearing this song and I'm saying, I don't believe in, you know, an afterlife. I don't believe in messages. But if I ever did, like, this is my dad talking to me mm. right mm-hmm. now. And that was very, it, it's a, it, I can't listen to that song. Yeah. So uh, it was the timing. Yeah. And the lyrics. It was a combination of everything. Yeah. It was like it was being spoken to me. Right. Um, during a very hard time yeah. like jumping into the pandemic and saying like like at that point we're thinking oh it's two weeks right and then you know we're still talking yeah. about COVID in 2023 yeah um and then after that is unbreakable and it's just sort of saying to yourself you know you've been knocked down you've been going through some shit before but you've gotten back up and that makes you strong. That makes you stronger. That so anything you're ever facing, just remember you've been through worse, and you can get back up and just endure and keep going. And I try to sort of adopt that into my day to day. And um, never going back is the closing song. And when I listen to that song, I just think about the person that I used to be in some aspects. And the things that I used to do and there's a lot of that that I'm just like, I'm never going to be that person again. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to. It, it, it's really um, pushing in and adopting the aspect of just always try to improve. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, when you look back and it's it's a huge dichotomy from the first track saying like, I'm really proud of the the dumb shit that I used to do when I was a kid <laughs> yeah. and it, I'm, I'm happy about those mistakes but at the same time I'm never going to be that person again it's yeah the reason why it's the greatest mistakes it's because they're in the past 
and right. you can Both reflect on Both things can be that. true. Yes. yes. And then at the same time, you're saying, I'm never going back to that. Right. And I'm going to push on and try to be better. Yeah. So for this reason, that's the entire album. It's it's a very, very easy album to listen to. And if you listen to it, it's just like you. your first reaction might be, that's it? This this is the album? That's it? It's It's not that great. <laughs> it's just constant over 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 listening to it and you're just it clicks it's very good yes yeah you get Mm -hmm. so i get it that's it that's my number one favorite album of all time okay all time you went deep yeah dissected that with a lot of detail i wasn't prepared for that but we'll see if i can do it on a whim (laughs) just remember i liked her first oh yes (laughs) this is true okay so i guess i have to preface this with uh Okay, I guess we'll go back to the whole concept of the fact that I never really, when we first started talking about doing this as an episode on the podcast, favorite albums, I was like, I don't have anything to say because I don't have, I've never really thought about that. I have musicians that I like, I have artists that I enjoy, I have songs that I like, but I never, as I said before, I never really like sat down and just listened to an an entire album and tried to follow the whole thing in its entirety and listen to it for its like holistic value. Um, and then it, so we had, that was the reason why we didn't do this episode I sooner. wanted to, yeah. Right. But I was like, I don't really have much to add to that conversation. So then, yeah, last year I had, I had always listened to Taylor Swift as just like a, you know, it was on the radio. I would listen to her. It was whatever. It was like, yeah, she's cool. She's good. I enjoy it, but I wasn't like a diehard by any means. And then in October, she came out with her new album, Midnights, and I didn't even know that it was like coming, you know, for for diehard fans, it was this, there was a ton of anticipation for it. She had announced at an award show a little bit, you know, a few weeks prior um, that her new album was coming out and it was a really, really big deal. And it was released at midnight and people were having these listening parties, staying up all night to listen to the album. That was not me. Didn't know it was coming. Mm. Happened to see it pop up in my iTunes and I was like, oh, Cool, Taylor Swift has a new album. I guess I'll listen to it. Okay, so it was arbitrary. It was it was pretty random. I mean, again, I think... Yeah, it's the it, best. Yeah. Probably wasn't an accident that it showed up in my feed. You know, the algorithm gods probably had something to do with it, but like... Um, I mean, you listen to a lot of country, so... Country, pop, that's my mm. thing. So, right. That pretty much explains why Taylor Swift is like makes perfect sense for me to be the artist that I'm drawn to given my history and taste in music. So um, yeah, I ended up listening to the album not at midnight on the night it was released, but probably a few days later. And like you described earlier, it was the literally the first time ever that I've started an album from track one and just put on track one and could not stop listening until yeah. the album was over. It's so me at non-obligatory too. Cause it's non-obligatory. Not your, yeah. It was something that was totally random um, obviously an artist that I was familiar with, but not one that I was already a fan of, like a diehard fan of. And that was the first time at 34 years old that I'd ever listened to an album from front to back and was like, what the fuck just happened? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, that is like such, like we talk it's about rare. these older albums that hold such a special place and like have this significant meaning because of what they meant to us at that time in our life or had this sort of like formative effect on us that is midnights for me because yeah it's that's not a bad thing that's not an insult no to me i'm like 
I it's finally, definitely influential for you. Yes. And I finally understand. Like when you tell me, oh, I love this album. It's a beautiful album. I can sit down and listen to it and do nothing but drink a cup of coffee and put my headphones in. I have never experienced that before. But yeah, so that's where for people who know me, who know that, who know me before midnights and after midnights, <laughs> I'm like a different person now. But that's okay. <laughs> like, I don't think, so I want to make it clear that when you listen to an album and you've latched on to a new artist, that doesn't necessarily make you a different person in your bones, right? That just makes you pivot to a new thing that you're like, no, this really resonates yes yeah and so so i feel like that's what's happened so midnight's brought me in um and then i went back and started listening to some of her older albums and got tickets to the eras tour you did (laughs) thank you well a friend of mine did got the tickets for me and then you so generously are paying for me to go and and a friend of mine and so i am you know, I feel like I'm like training for a marathon, <laughs> like going to go to this event no. where there's people who have followed her for since the beginning of her career. And I'm like, I have to catch up. I have to be ready. I have to know what's coming. And no, so, no, no, but I feel like that's what sparked it is like because the tour that's coming up is the Eras tour and it's going to cover music from the entirety of her career and her discography. I feel like I want to be prepared and be able to fully enjoy the experience by uh, I'm not saying I don't give into the gatekeepers. No, 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 it's not about that. It's not I have no shame. Okay. In like I, I do feel bad if there are like lifelong diehard Swifties who didn't get tickets to the show. Don't. But at the same time, I feel like I'm just as deserving because this is incredibly impactful to me. Yeah. And the, I have no one's gatekeeping Taylor Swift fan. I know that. You know? I Yes. But it's a very sensitive topic. <laughs> to them. Yes, I know. So fuck them. Like, I get it. But so my point is, so I felt like, well, I, I want to go back. I want to like understand like sure. what the show, what to expect, what's going to, you know, and and, and kind of understand what the hype has been about all along. So I've been going back, digging deep, and I've realized like, geez, I've just been like missing out because a lot of it does resonate with me. It goes back to what I was saying about the storytelling aspect, the country, the pop, the sort of like shifting genres that I've always kind of like I've never really found my place in Mm. music I've never really found like a specific artist that captured the things that I love I've always kind of been all over the place um and for the first time I feel like her her albums and what Midnight's was the first one but since then I've gone back in her discography and I've been able to listen to other of her albums in that way so okay if I'm gonna not going too much of a tangent of all of Taylor Swift's discography. Um, I, I well, can go stick through to Midnight's. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. I can go through some of the tracks on Midnight's, and inevitably, some of the things that I love about it are how they connect to her other songs and other albums and other eras. So I can kind of mention it there. So, um, the opening track is called Lavender Haze, which is like, I think when you first hear it, you're like, especially since it came out of her like folky era with folklore and evermore the two albums the sister albums she yeah, released but, during the pandemic but she was largely known as a, a as a pop artist so it's not yes surprising. but then she put it, right but no one knew what we were going to get with midnights i think because she had pulled back from that and she, she released okay. two albums back to back that were very folk heavy um and so lavender haze just comes out of the woodwork like what is happening <laughs> um it's a great song the music video just came out a couple weeks ago 
and it's amazing. It has a ton of Easter eggs in it, which is the other thing that has drawn me in um, to like the whole Taylor Swift fandom is like, and I was talking to a friend about this recently and how we're both um, like huge true crime fans, you know, true crime documentaries, true crime podcasts, all of that stuff. And it's like the detective in you that like wants to go and solve the mystery. Right. I feel like that is the connection to the whole like obsession with Easter eggs in the Taylor Swift fandom. Is yeah, I don't think that's unique. To, uh, again, does it, I think a lot of people find interest in that, but not a lot of musical artists do it. Right. It's like her thing. She right. loves doing it. So you can see that in movies and shows and stuff. Like we're watching The Last of Us. A lot mm-hmm. of it has Easter eggs to the game. Totally. Right. It's yeah. So it's like the outfits that she wears okay. to like yeah. people are you know breaking down what she wore to the grammys and what that means about the next album and some of it is ridiculous and there's a whole like inside joke about people are like okay i'm clowning i'm gonna like throw out this ridiculous theory that probably means nothing but it's the process that is kind of fun to like break it down and think about what might be happening and you need to be more active on reddit i know i know i know a lot of it's on tiktok which i do see it's on reddit but i know it's on reddit too i know this because yes, you did research yeah. for my amazing Christmas gifts. Yes, you did. Um, so yeah, it's, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I think the fun. I just want to know is, what to get my wife. I know. <laughs> but, just tell so, me. but but Taylor Swift, like, she is hook, line, and sinker into the Easter egg thing, and she sure gives she the is. fans what they want. Like, she well, does it yeah. on purpose, and she is so like, just I don't want to say calculated. I don't mean that in a negative way, but like, she is very intentional. I understand. And it's really fun. So um, the next song is Maroon. It's a good song. Which is your favorite on the album, correct? It's because she's... It. I heard that album and I was like, whoa, that Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> little, little R rated. It is. She's mature. Kind of got a heart on right now. <laughs> a little bit. Oh my God. It is a it is a little bit a very mature album. Her Can't most mature which no? makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um so yeah. No one can. No. <laughs> it's a good song. Yeah. It's it's good because and I'm not trying to steal your thunder here. It's good because um vocally it shifts. So it, it's very like monotone mm-hmm. to start and then it jumps. So the the entire album is very um, lo-fi and very chill hop. And that verse is very mumble rap almost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when it hits the chorus, I'm like, all right, this is just a typical pop chorus. And then the bridge where she's like swearing and shit. I'm like, I didn't know this was on the radar. Yeah. This is not what I know you for. Right. And it's early in the album. And so it kind of like takes you by surprise. Yeah. I totally agree. I felt that too. And the only other thing i'll say about that song is um the whole idea of a shade of red for her maroon there's all these theories about how that goes back to her album red her song red that whole era and how this is like um the maturity of that it's a different different shade of red um and it's a darker shade of red. it's a darker shade of red it is um, and there's a whole bunch of uh, theories like you can go deep into that. But the only thing I want to mention, it's not one of my favorite albums. I know a lot of people love the album Red, 
but obviously the song All Too Well is iconic in, in the Taylor Swift uh, fandom, especially the 10-minute version, which I really, really hope she plays on tour. And there's one line in that song that just gets me every single time when she's dissing Jake Gyllenhaal so hard. And she says, um, I was never good at telling jokes, but the punchline goes, um, I get older, but your lovers stay my age. <laughs> it's just great. I'm just like, it's so simple, but it's just like, I just laugh. Yeah. I, I literally laugh out loud every time I hear that line. It's just awesome. Um, next song, I'll kind of go. I'm not going over every single track. I'm kind of skipping around. But sure. um, the I'm song sure. Question is one that I'm like. Oh, it's good. It took me a long time to get into it. It's not my favorite. My favorite thing about it is that it connects back to a song on her 1989 album. Um, it actually takes a clip of one of her songs called Out of the Woods, which is actually my favorite song on the 1989 album. One of my favorite songs on that album. Um, and it has a clip of that, but it's slowed down. It's right in the beginning. It says the word remember, but it's like distorted. And it's literally her singing Out of the Woods. So now there's all these theories about, oh, question must be about the same ex-boyfriend that Out of the Woods was about, which is Harry Styles. There's a whole question. And so... Um, it's just really cool to like you just latch on this is just one detail that then like unravels just, this whole thread of how her mind works and it's just really cool the next song that i was going to bring up is midnight rain which is the one that has her very very distorted vocals in the very beginning and it starts in the middle of the verse or sorry in the middle of the chorus it starts with the word rain mm. and the rest of the song it's midnight rain and it's just I don't know. Is everyone who, when the first time you hear that, you're like, you think your iTunes skipped or something, like something went wrong. It's just, it takes you totally by surprise between the distortion of the vocals and the fact that it starts in the middle of the term of the, of the, the you know, words. Um, it's just super unique. I don't really know much behind like why she made that choice, but it, just stands out and it's cool and you first hear it and you're like i don't know how i feel about this this weird vocal distortion and then when like it kicks in it's just such a groove that whole song that it's just you can't help but enjoy it yeah and similar to the song question and how it um harkens back to the song from her 1989 album um this one i think is connected to uh her song back to december so it's another relationship um story that continues throughout her albums, throughout her discography. And it kind of like reminds you of the story that she was telling way back when. And I think when she introduced this album, she introduced it as like, this is the story of 13 sleepless nights throughout her life. So it is very reasonable that she's talking about a sleepless night that she, sleepless night that she might have had a very long time ago. So it definitely could have been related to that other storyline. The next song is my favorite song on the album. <laughs> Um, and I know a lot of people don't really have mixed feelings about it, but, um, I, it's just, I love it. It's vigilante shit. It's like, it's very much, uh, it very much sounds like it could have been on Reputation, which is like her darker, kind of harder album. And it's just like, it starts off with that line. You know, or you know what I'm talking about. I've never right? seen you so passionate about talking I know. about lyrics before. <laughs> It says, draw the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man. It just comes in with that out of nothing. And it's just, it's just awesome because her cat eyeliner has been so iconic for her look for her, her entire like 
for the majority of her adult life. Sure. And the way that she just used that in such like, uh, it just hits so hard the way that she says it, how it comes in with that. And some of the other lyrics in that song, it's just such a diss song, but it's like, um, it also connects back to other songs that she's had in other albums that are tied to things like revenge or like she has a song about like a cheating husband and the wife and the mistress team up to get revenge. And it's just like, it sounds so similar to those storylines, but it also has its own meaning on this album. Um, and she also uses some of that. You were talking about, I can't remember with, with um, which album you were referring to, but there's like the presentation of the song or the line like connects to the lyrics like she says like he needed cold hard proof so I gave him some and the way that she says that line is so cold and different from the rest of the album like she says it's super flat and monotonous and it's just like it reflects like the cold hard proof so it's like she's taking the sound of the of the song and relating it to the lyrics and it I don't usually pick up on shit like that mm. but like I heard that and I was like that's fucking awesome so I can appreciate it much more than I normally do um and then she has bejeweled which is like again with the double meaning there's so many meanings to this song it can be someone who's like not happy in their relationship or is not being treated well and they're like fuck you I'm going out like I can still be my own self and have a good time and other people still appreciate me and then there's also the theory that it's more related to her ownership of her music because in the past she's referred to her albums as her jewels so Mm. again layered double meanings i just love how many interpretations there can be um the song karma (laughs) is so catchy and it was my least favorite song. Really? Yeah. I oh my like god. It. Some of the lyrics, just like, some of the uh, lyrics seem a little forced. Like the karma is a cat, but yeah. like she has to bring up her cats. She, we know she loves her cats, but like I agree with that. But um, there's a whole theory that she has a lost album, and it's called Karma. And there's Easter eggs of that in other of her videos, like th- literally, like in the video, the man she has on, like there's graffiti, and it says karma and underneath it says like lost if found please return to taylor swift blah blah so like it's a pretty like good theory <laughs> like it probably does exist um but i guess she was very excited to release this song on midnights because it is like kind of a teaser to the fans who really believe that there's a whole another album called karma um the last two songs i'm gonna mention are from the 3am edition so they're not on the main um set of songs on the album they're from the extended version uh bigger than the whole sky this is going to be a very personal one like how you got emotional about your songs that's but we're trying to get through yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah, there's fine. a song called bigger than the whole sky which i can't i listened to it once and that is it i cannot listen to it again i pray she does not play it on the tour because i feel like the whole stadium is gonna just lose their minds sure. like and not in a good way um it's basically just a song about grief it's about losing someone and there's a lot of theories. There's a lot of fans who believe. And I, when I listen to it, I, I think that this is the case, that it's about a miscarriage. Sure. And it's about what would have been, what could have been, a person you never really got to know. Um, it's a beautiful song, but I, I just can't. <laughs> yeah. um, and the way that she captured grief in such a dynamic way that people can in- interpret it again in whatever way, um, you know, suits their situation or, um, you know, resonates with them is just it's just amazing. Um, and the last song is would have could have should have which is the one that I tried to explain to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know you just don't care but it's like 
it's I know it's not that you don't care. It's just like there's it goes back to like it's her just her drama sure. just playing out. And but again, I think there's so much in it of like her maturity of being, you know, a 30 something year old woman now reflecting on things that happened when she was a teenager. Um, this whole song is about her relationship with John Mayer and how he took advantage of her when he was in his 30s and she was only 19. And she's again, she's very detailed about it. Um, and if you're a Swifty, you know, she has a song called Dear John back from the Speak Now album. And this it plays on that. It's just her writing about the same situation that she wrote about when she was whatever, 19 or 20 when she wrote that song and now. Um, and thinking about how that trauma has stayed with her and all yeah. of that. So, um, yeah, there, there's other songs <laughs> like going on a whole, no, um, you know, you have monologue you have about floor, this, so. but, um, those are the ones that I felt like were worth mentioning. Hmm. Um, and I think in general, it just shows her maturity Mm -hmm. this whole album and and i think there are people who say like oh every time she comes out with an album it's like oh this one's so different this one's so different this is her new self she's reinvented herself right and i think there are people who say that as a negative thing but i think that's actually she has a tendency to take things like that and turn it into a positive which is what she's doing with eras right she just has different eras she has different identities her identity evolves as she gets older and i can completely relate to that as having gone through my own you know, eras becoming a mom and like mm -hmm. refining myself after each child was born and all of that. Like, it's just super relatable. And well, that's what makes I'm it, in it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> makes it a great album. Is when, as we both have illustrated, is when it touches you personally. personally. Yep. Um, and even if the lyrics and the so subject matter of the songs don't necessarily equate to face value what it means to you. You know, like I talked about the song Addison. It's not, it's a breakup song. But to me, I'm just like, oh, no, it's a song about my daughter leaving me, mm. leaving the household on her wedding day. Like, it, right. even if it doesn't equate apples to apples, it's still how you find meaning into it. Right. Um, and how it relates to you. And I think the best kind of albums is when you know that's, nah, that's not really what they were trying to talk about. But it's just like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. It's what it means to me, and it, it, it's fine. I don't need to have it. It's it's almost like you're self manipulating. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and I guess the only thing I want to mention, I focus so much on the meaning of these songs and like the connections and all that stuff, but I just wanted to say, blanket. There's so many catchy, like riffs and bridges, not just in Midnight's, but some of her other albums. That's just like. <laughs> I just don't know what I was waiting for. I just feel like I've missed out on so much. Yeah. A friend of the podcast, Jay Long of That's a Rap Podcast, is apparently a huge Taylor Swift fan. Oh, so really? You can talk to him about cool. it. Cool. Sounds good. Is fair. there anything else you want to say about your favorite <laughs> art? I know we we went long. We It's about an hour and a half. I have to do some editing. But. Yeah. No, I th I mean, I literally could go on forever, but there's already a Taylor, Taylor Swift podcast that exists. So, it, sure there is. you know, yeah. You should go listen to the 13 podcast if you're a Swifty. They do a lot of breakdowns. They're See, great. it's very different between you and I because the Birds of Tokyo, as far as I know, it my standard is if you don't have a, a Reddit, a subreddit with a lot of followers, you're not a big band. Mm. And they do have a subreddit, but it's not active, Birds yeah. of Tokyo. 
but they're apparently very big. They're they're all they are an Australian band. I was gonna say, yeah, that's why they'll never tour here. Probably. I I hope they do. I hope they did. They did an Instagram Q and A, and they said we don't know. Oh, well, that's we're promising. Going to the United States, it's something. Um, so when they do, yeah, we'll definitely go. It, it, it makes me. Are they my favorite band now? Hmm. It, I I struggle <laughs> with this on a daily basis because I listen to multiple albums by them often. Yeah, and yeah, you we're do. in the kitchen. I'm saying just play Birds of Tokyo. It's always if you don't know what else to say. That it's just like with me. I don't know what else I want to do. Play some Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh, well, we just spit our favorite uh, albums. Um, After thinking, I wasn't going to have anything to contribute when we did this episode. Finally, yeah, we're <laughs> we're like an hour and forty plus minutes over. So, like, I'm going to do a lot of editing. Yeah. Um, um, but we would like to hear about your favorite albums, um, even if we're not familiar with it. I like the opportunity to listen to new music. Believe me, um, I'm still working out at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. So if I could have an album to listen to while doing a workout, that's an ideal time for me because I can sort of focus on the physical movements while focusing on the music at the same time. Um, So it's an ideal opportunity for me. Your opportunities are a little bit more limited, but um, maybe it's something you'll be interested in doing. Or maybe if there's a Taylor Swift fan out there that's listening to this, they, they can... I don't know, reveal something of the Midnight Album to you that you haven't heard of. Maybe you'll establish a new connection there. <laughs> or any album. Um, or correct any of my theories that weren't sure. right. <laughs> um, I guess we'll try to get the Instagram back up and going. Yeah. Oh, you will? I will. I I've will taken a, a sabbatical from all social media. Yes. Other than Twitter and Reddit. All right. Um, <laughs> so we hope you're still subscribed to the show. We hope you, if you're a new listener, you will subscribe to the show. We're on all your favorite podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the podcatchers that you listen to your podcast feed from. We would appreciate the subscription and we would appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the podcast a lot. Um, socials is just what? Instagram? As we uh, while she's napping. Yeah, it's you can email us if you want. I, I have not yep. checked that email in decades. While Even she's napping at been, gmail.com. It, it's been like two <laughs> years. But shout out to the babes for hanging out with us. Yeah, that was fun. It's too yeah. bad we couldn't podcast. We met in person. So. Yeah, it was a great time. We're already planning the next trip. Yeah. We're going to go there this time. Okay. <laughs> no, facts, but yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, Till next time. See you. Bye.